Alright, I think we can start now. Yeah, so hi everyone. Thanks for attending today's episode of CEO Class. This evening, we have invited our guest speaker, Katrina, to tell us more about her unique experience as an entrepreneur and hopefully we inspire you guys. Before we proceed on with our webinar, perhaps I can start off by introducing to everyone here what is CEO Class about. Right, so here's an introduction about CEO class. So CEO class is actually a global for impact initiative. So everyone in the team actually join in voluntarily. And what we do is that we hold virtual fireside chat sections with the C-suites leaders around the world. And we actually hope to inspire young people to develop their personal goals and their growth. So we be- our belief is that we can value add to the community and to help use by doing so. So we actually have a global exposure. So we have teams in Hong Kong, in Kenya, Mexico, Thailand, Philippines. And for the Singapore team, we have Louis, who is the Singapore chapter lead, Nicholas, who is the program lead, Beverly, who is the community lead, and lastly, me, who is the partnership lead. So our past speakers, we have actually onboarded Skilio and Breptonics, their CEOs, to come on board to have a session with us. And today we actually have Katrina, who is the CEO of Saver. And aside from local partners, we actually also have global partners. And some of the more familiar ones are probably Isaac. That I think this is one organization that a lot of people will be familiar with because they have a lot of exposure in schools, in universities. So how the structure of our webinars will be like is that we will roughly spend around 30 minutes to one hour depending on the number of Q&A, session, Q&A questions and, dep- and the audience questions will actually be infused as part of the discussion. So there will actually not be a separate Q&A component. The recorded session will also be uploaded to the Spotify as a podcast. So anyone that actually missed out on this session can actually go up to Spotify and search up so that they can have a recording of us. So regarding about the webinar contents, the questions will be regarding to the personal journey and the role of the role in the organization of the speaker. So with relations to the organization, we will talk about the past, present and the future state, the core foundation of the business and inspirations of the organization, COVID-19 and the effects on the company, future plans, and some of the more personal questions will be probably around personal growth, the habits, resources, and the mindsets of the speakers. Of course, there will be Q&A from the floor also that we will entertain. So this slide will be on the social media of the CEO class. So we actually have our LinkedIn page. You all can follow. And we also have an Instagram page. So the Instagram handles is as shown in the slide. And we also have an official website. So this is the social media platform for Saver. And yeah, the website and the LinkedIn page and the Instagram handle is also shown here. And yeah, so 
that will be the end of the introduction slides. So now we can start off with the CEO class webinar session proper. To start off, Katrina, can you introduce yourself and tell us more about your personal journey about how you eventually became the CEO of Saver? Yeah, thank you, Tia Chiang, like for sharing more about CEO class and also like extending the opportunity for me to be here today, like to share with like all the listeners on like Saver and also like our personal like journey to get to where we are today. So I'm Katrina, the CEO and co-founder of Saver. So Saver's a tech startup that started in August 2019. So we have been running for around like two years already. And just recently, we got to celebrate our first platform anniversary as we launched our platform in August last year. So in terms of like what is Saver, so Saver like aims to reduce food waste and food security while also empowering organizations with savings via digitalization. So how we do so is by building up a one-stop B2B e-procurement and sponsorship marketplace platform, which comprises of like a website and mobile app. So we offer products such as expiring blemish and surplus food, as well as expanding to other complementary products like corporate gift, office supplies, and even rental services. So I would say that the inspiration for starting Saber actually came from me and my team's like past experience in the food and beverage industry where we saw a lot of perfectly good food like being thrown away even though it's still good for consumption but it's um, usually more convenient for merchants to do so and we have also volunteered in the non-profit sector where a lot of food that's often being donated are not really what beneficiaries need and want so it could be things like um, canned food, instant food like that isn't really like healthy and nutritious so we wanted to like match like, the demand and supply better by building up a tech-enabled solution. So that's actually how Saver came about today. Right. Yeah. Uh, being a co-founder of Saver, what are the rules and responsibilities that you have actually taken up in the company? Mm. Yeah, so there's two co-founders in several counties. So for me, I handle like more of like the business development and partnerships and strategy side of things. And I also have another co-founder called Mike. So he's the chief technological officer. So in his role, he's handling more of like the technological and like operational side of like the platform. So in a sense, like our skill sets and also like the responsibilities are complementary towards each other. Alright, thanks for the brief introduction. It has definitely piqued my interest now, and I believe the audience is as curious as I am to know what Saver is actually all about. So, without further ado, let's talk more about how Saver actually came to be where it is now today. Yeah, uh, Katrina, what inspired you to develop Saver as it is now, and how do you actually manage to find your founding team? Yeah, sure. So prior to like starting Saver, I was running like a B2C e-commerce like startup where I was mainly um, liaising with overseas suppliers to bring in like fashion goods like for youth and young adults. But after running it for around two years, I actually wanted to start something much more meaningful and make an impact like to the community. So I did like a short stint like in Myanmar where I worked in a company that tackled water shortage and pollution problems. And it got me inspired like after working there to come back to like tackle a growing pressing need in Singapore. 
And based on like um, me and my team's like collective experiences, we realized that like one of the growing pressing needs is actually the problem of food waste and food security. So it's quite interesting in a sense where I started the idea of Saver by myself. And along the way, I met like my founding team members in all sorts of different like um, avenues. So I met my first founding um, team member, Jesse, who is currently the marketing director at like one of um, university entrepreneurship club. So I pitched my idea there, and like she, Jesse was the one who first joined my startup. Then subsequently, I got to meet like my other co-founder Mike in a hackathon. So when I first started out Saver, I joined all the um, um, hackathons, competitions, entrepreneurship clubs available out there, so that I can pitch my idea and meet like um, founding team members who are passionate about the idea and is willing to commit to make like the vision like come alive. Wow, that's actually really refreshing to hear. And I'm actually impressed because many of Saver's services actually advocate and help to promote both business and environmental sustainability. And actually, like, I'm impressed with how Saver actually strikes a balance between two, these, these two standpoints. Lah. So as we actually dive deeper into the early days of Saver, we can actually start to form a clearer picture of how we actually all started for you. So based on my working experience as an intern, working in a tech startup too, I understand that there are many series of fundings, like PC fundings, series A, B, C, and so on. So a startup can progressively try to attain such fundings to grow and expand their businesses. And the ultimate goal is to actually hopefully attain the so-called holy grail, which is the unicorn status. So I'm just wondering, how did Saver build a strong foundation for their business to thrive and grow back in the early days? And also, how did the founding team ensure that there's actually the product market fit? Yeah, I think it's good that you actually have worked in a startup and you have a good understanding of like how startup like fundraising works. So when I first started out Saver, we bootstrapped for like a few months. But then like subsequently we took part in a lot of like competitions where we managed to get our first like funding. So back then like our first like um like investment source was actually from like OCBC. So we won like one of their pitch competitions and that gave us the funding to actually like kickstart building up our MVP platform and also acquire customers and merchants on board. And from there, we actually managed to raise our pre-seed round where we have actually raised over like 100,000 like so far from like a few other like investment sources along the way. And yeah, in terms of like product market fit, so we did a lot of like iteration, pivoting and like market research at the start where together with my team we'll go down on the grounds to like to literally like go down to the um, stores itself to talk to the managers and the employees just to find out like what are the problems that they are facing and how Saver can come in to help with our solution. So when we first started out it was just like a B2C mobile app that offers expiring blemish and surplus food for sale to the general public. But then we got a lot of like feedback along the way and we actually like pivoted like um two times before we actually got to our current like solution today, which is more of like B2B focused and we have expanded beyond just like expiring blemish and surplus food along. So I would say that for product market fit, it's a constant iterating process. So um, your first idea might not be your final idea and even along the way um, you might feel that oh perhaps there's other ways to improve on your current idea that will help it to achieve like better market fit 
or you might even discover like new unmet needs that um, your customers has that you can add on to your like product itself. So yeah, that's actually like yeah, we're sharing on that. Ah, uh, alright. Uh, I understand now. Uh, Saver has indeed came a long way since the start and I'm sure there are many challenges along the way. Oh, and recently and I saw that Saver had a celebration for its second anniversary. Congrats, Katrina, for hitting this milestone. On that note, right, are there any significant key changes that occurred as Saver grows to be two years old? Yep. So along the way, as like Saver grows like to our two years old like stage, so we have introduced like new initiatives and new arms like apart from just like our platform. So one of which is actually our um our new arm that's called like Corporate Direct. So we actually work with like a lot of B two B customers in the procurement for like their operations programs and events. And sometimes if they are not able to find like the products or suppliers like within our platform itself, we can still help them to source for like what they need like and then we can bring them on board to our platform. And also recently we have done like some um, B2C goodbye initiative where right now we're offering bulk discounts for expiring blemish and surplus food to consumers. So um, previously only our B2B customers can enjoy bulk discounts but now we are bringing access to B2C customers. And we have also been branching out into e-commerce live streams where recently for our first like platform anniversary campaign, we had like a few like influencers and key opinion leaders to share more and promote about like Saver's products. Right. Indeed, it is really important to change and adapt accordingly based on the circumstances. And I think as the CEO Katrina, it's heartwarming to see your company grow and develop over time. So of course, I believe that the startup journey definitely wasn't as smooth sailing as you wanted it to be. Would you like to share more about the challenges you faced when you try to implement your ideas and technologies? And to add on to that, do you have any mentors or someone reliable to guide you through this whole startup journey? Yeah, sure. So I think it's a very good question that you asked because like when I first started out, I had no product developed, I had um no like team with the necessary like talents. I mean when I was like um when I started this by myself back then. So I will go down like to like knock on like doors and I just like pitch to people and convince them to like come on board with just like a pitch deck even though I didn't have like a product developed yet. So it was quite difficult at the start. So I will send out like 100 emails and perhaps out of the 100, only one will reply. So even though it's um, quite demoralizing at the start, but I chose not to give up and just persevere on and just keep like um, pitching, improving my pitch deck. And from there, I managed to get like the first 10 like merchants to believe in my idea. So it's really like a lot of perseverance, sincerity, like to really want to like solve like these issues. So say like that actually got me like, um, yeah, like the first 10 become first 20, become the first like 100 and all. So I'll say that mentors is also a very important like aspect of my startup journey. So back then, um, starting out, I didn't really have much of a network, but I didn't let that like stop me. So I decided to be quite thick skin and I signed up for a lot of like the mentorship programs out there so that I can meet mentors. And I also like um, research potential mentors on LinkedIn and then drop them like a um, direct message and just meet up with them for a coffee chat even though they didn't know me beforehand. So a lot of them were quite willing to like speak to me even though like they just knew me from LinkedIn. 
and yeah from the mentorship program then I'll ask like the mentors I met whether they can link me up with like more mentors so it's like a chain so once you have one mentor the one mentor can introduce you to like two other mentors and these two other mentors can introduce you to so much more and before you know it you realize that you have actually grown your uh, mentorship network by quite a bit so actually my advice to listeners is to actually not be afraid like to reach out to someone to like seek mentorship advice because a lot of them actually do like appreciate the initiative and the effort you take and if they see your enthusiasm they are actually willing to support you in the areas you need Alright, thanks Katrina. What you described previously was something that's demanding and arduous and definitely definitely takes a lot of grit to get through that. I mean like knocking on doors and definitely wasn't easy. Experiencing ups and downs is actually part and parcel of life and I, I feel that the same can be applied to businesses too. So after sharing about the downs, we will of course also like to hear about the ups too. So can you tell us what are the factors and actions that were actually instrumental in bringing success to Saver? Yeah, so um, as well as I mentioned like previously, like, I think like sometimes you just need the first like um, achievement to happen, then it's like a chain effect where like more opportunities will like come. So in the first like um, hackathon that I managed to like win, so they actually brought about like my first funding and also like my first media feature. So from there, actually, I will say it kickstarted like a lot of um, subsequent media features that Saber had. And that really got our name out there, especially since we are in the B2B space. A lot of customers and merchants were discovering us after seeing us on the media. And them seeing us on the media makes them like trust our brand and actually um, made like a lot of like um, bigger like companies approach us organically without us reaching out to them. And also, as we managed to get more big names on board, like our platform, so um, other big names and even the other smaller players, like who see these big names already on our platform, will feel incentivized to join our platform. So I say it's because like of a lot of like um reputation building, we are able to go like savor to like the stage it is today. So sometimes it's really about like just putting your yourself out there and just grabbing like whatever opportunities comes your way, because. These opportunities, although it might seem like small efforts, can lead on to like bigger opportunities. Okay, thanks for sharing inspirational insights into your past and Saber's history, Katrina. So, moving on to the present state, it is worth noting that Saber was founded not long before the COVID-19 pandemic. And this meant that you had to deal with many abrupt changes. So, tell us, how did COVID-19 actually affect your organization and how do you lead and maneuver Saver's business operations amidst the pandemic? Yeah, I think it's really like quite funny how like um, I launched like my startup in the middle of the pandemic. So when I first started out Saver, I never knew that like one year down the road, the pandemic will be happening. So during the period of last year when I was about to launch my platform, there was definitely a lot of like new challenges that I never had to like deal with before and I think a lot of like startups out there were also trying to figure out how to deal with it but in a sense that like, there's always like a silver lining so even though like COVID-19 brought about like a lot of like new challenges there was also a lot of opportunities like for us to take so one of the things that we did during the pandemic is actually to come up with ground up community initiatives to like 
um, help out like the community during the pandemic. So one of the things we did that got us like viral was like a food and beverage like info site where we collated all the um, resources like for the general public and also for food and beverage merchants to refer to. So um, back then, like I think during the circuit breaker period, there was a lot of like info sites popping up. So ours was one of them, but we focused specifically on food and beverage. So that got us like noticed like by the media. And there was also another part where we actually like um packaged like goodie bags with expiring blemish and surplus mix to like um give to like healthcare workers who were like um helping out with like the migrant worker dormitories. And also like along the way we discovered like an opportunity to do procurement for virtual events because back then um it was a lot of working from home and a lot of things has to be shifted online so we actually managed to tailor our offerings to suit that and even like during the pandemic itself there's new forms of like food wastage occurring in um, traditional areas that don't really have that much food wastage so one of the areas is like hotels caterers um, even say like restaurants suddenly they had more like food wastage than ever before so we just like um, adapted very quickly like as like there's new changes and I think that's very important like for um, any individual or startup is learning to be flexible and adaptable so that whenever you see opportunities you can like like really be able to like modify and be able to grab this opportunity. Right. Touching on the Singapore market, could you also share with us some of the key steps or decisions that you actually made to ensure that saver services were actually ready for the Singapore market? Yeah, so in terms of like the product categories we have on our platform, so we do have expiring blemish and surplus food, but we have also like expanded to encompass other categories like corporate gift, office surplus and even rental services. So the reason for us like slowly expanding to other categories is because like we spoke to a lot of our B2B customers who feedback to us that they actually want more of like a one-stop like platform where they can buy not just like um, food itself, but they can also buy other complementary products for it. So we actually spoken to a lot of like customers before making their decision to actually like expand. And even like our merchants also occasionally feedback to us about like um, new features that we can have on our platform. So we always like keep customers needs at the heart of what we do. And we always like constantly like add in like new features and make the platform user experience better. So I think that's also one of the ways like we've managed to maintain our competitiveness even like in this place itself where there's a lot of like um startups like perhaps going to the food waste scene these days. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Indeed, it is important to listen to customer feedback as. Every business out there, I believe, is trying to resolve some pain points that the customer may actually have. So that's actually some very interesting insights into Saver's product management. And the next question I'm going to ask might actually be linked to the previous question, Katrina. On the company website, I saw that Saver has acquired quite a number of partners along the two-year journey. So I'm sure the efforts put in by the team to ensure product readiness play a part in this success. How were you all able to gather these partners? Um, it's really being very resourceful and creative in like our outreach methods. 
So um, usually for business development people, like will think that um, the only way to get like customers on board could be through like cold calling and cold emailing. But for us, we always innovate and see like what's the best ways we can actually like um, outreach and value add. So apart from just like reaching out like via like say email calls, um, messages, or even like social media like um, outreach, we actually organize webinars for. Potential like merchants and customers to attend, and we also do have like our own like podcast series to like share with like potential merchants and customers. And also apart from that, like um we regularly take part in like um networking events and also like conferences. We will get to meet a lot of like potential merchants and customers this way. All right, thank you, Tina. It's good to hear how. Amidst the uncertainties in the COVID-19 era, Saver still managed to ascertain itself to be one of the fast-growing startups in Singapore. Definitely a feat worth being proud of. Moving forward into the future, given that Saver has a unique business model which stands for a social cause too, I believe there is a potential to expand to other regions or countries. Countries like those in the Middle East or Africa can reap benefits of Saver's services while Saver can stand can still stand for its social cost. So what are your thoughts on this? And are there any possible plans to expand out of Singapore? Yep, so we're actually planning to expand like beyond Singapore's markets in like two to three years' time. So in terms of like the markets we are looking to expand to is like definitely some country like within Southeast Asia and Asia Pacific. So we have already begun like talks with overseas accelerator programs and also like speaking with like locals on the ground. So even within Saver's team itself, we do have like a diverse like group of people coming from different like backgrounds. So um, even our team itself is quite international at the moment. We don't, we don't only have people based in Singapore, but we also have people based like overseas. So we have really been doing quite a lot of like um market research work into these countries and it's really a progressive thing. We are focusing on capturing our market share in Singapore's market first and making sure that we scale it to a certain size first before we move on to like replicate this model in other countries. Right. Thank you. I believe that I think for business operations most importantly it must be feasible and sustainable. So, after hearing so much about Saber, I hope that the audience now has a better understanding of what Saber does and what Saber has in stock for us now in the future. Now, let's proceed on with our last segment where we will ask you more about personal questions, Katrina. So, yeah, uh, as of now, we actually have a question that is posted in the Q&A section. I will show on the screen. So this question was asked by Nicholas Koo. So the question is, may I ask what motivated you to pursue a path in entrepreneurship over a typical job in a larger organization? Yeah, thank you Nicholas for this question. So for me, I actually did like a few internships in larger organizations before I started Saver. So I actually did roles relating to um, marketing, um, private equity, like business development, and so on. So I think actually um, in a sense like entrepreneurship is more of like a journey and more of like a career path that you develop 
And along the way, there's a lot of different experiences that will be good for you to accumulate. So I'll say that there's actually value in working in a larger organization where you can actually gain like experience and all. But after you have gained all these experience, like you can actually um, see how you can apply these experiences to pursue entrepreneurship. As having worked in both like a startup and like a larger organization, I would say that it's much more fulfilling to work in a startup and build like your own business in a sense. Because in a startup, like things happen much faster compared to a larger organization. So if you want to um, make like a large and real impact, usually working in a startup is the best way to go. Okay. Yeah. So there are still other questions relating to the previous question that was actually asked just now about Saver's plan to expand overseas. So yeah, for one moment, let me share the screen. So this question was posed by Godfrey. So what potential challenges do you foresee in replicating your models to other countries, Katrina? Yep, thanks Godfrey for the question. So I think definitely like the challenges is always like how do you like tailor like your idea to suit like the country's like culture and like local context. Because in a sense like you can't really copy and paste like the model like into different countries and expect it to produce the same results as it does in Singapore. Because each country has its own way of doing things. And sometimes the best way to go about doing so is by hiring like a local team that's based there who understands like the um, country and culture the best. Because even for founders, sometimes even if we go on like um, short work trips, then we might not really understand the full picture. Or even we do like secondary research online, we might also not understand the full picture. But um, apart from that, you can also like um, have mentors and take part in accelerator programs that's based in those countries you're looking to expand to. So you can leverage and tap on the resources that they have to help you to like actually like um, scale up your growth there. Okay, thanks Katrina for answering the question. So I see our audience is actually quite interested in overseas expansion kind of operations. So here's another question by Beverly. So Beverly actually posed a question on what are some ways that a startup can actually have to ensure sufficient outreach in overseas market? Mm. So actually what I would suggest is rather than like um, deciding on a country and just putting all your resources to expanding there, it actually helps to do like more market research, more like um, pilot testing first to see like what are the initial results and whether like these results are scalable if you put in more resources to that market because even though like um, Southeast Asia might be a traditional like um, popular area for startups to expand to but not every like startup is suitable to expand straight away to Southeast Asia first or even like say to like um, very popular countries like um, maybe Malaysia or like Indonesia but rather it's actually more importantly to see like um, what like countries actually have like similar problems that like perhaps Singapore is facing and perhaps like your solution is not really um, it's not really existing there yet or there's not really a strong competitor presence in that country yet and then from there you can like um, speak to mentors speak to programs just to get like a better understanding of it 
Okay. Okay. Thanks, Safina. Yeah. So, I think we will have one more question from the audience first before we continue on with the rest of our questions. Sure. So, Tan Kim Ming has actually asked a question. So, given how competitive the food and beverage industry is in Singapore, what gives you the confidence to actually pursue the idea? And were you required to build any tech, startup, tech products at the start? Yep, that's a pretty good question. So definitely there are a lot of like F&B like, um, players in this space itself. And even in terms of like the food waste scene, so there are like other food waste startups that started way before Stable. But I think like the confidence actually comes in the form of like meeting unmet um, needs of like my merchants and customers. Because like for the existing solutions out there, they haven't really been meeting like um savers merchants and customers needs like um really specifically so um in a sense it's the fact that like saver actually forms like a close relationship to constantly get like feedback on how we can actually meet like our customers and merchants needs better and really like follow through with it by actually like building like new features or making the experience better is what keeps like customers and merchants like loyal to using saver and um at the start like we didn't build like a tech product so we really just went into pitch to merchants and customers with a pitch deck and we told them that we'll be launching like the platform like in six months time and then like a lot of merchants like even though they were definitely doubtful at the start whether we would actually make it happen they still decided to trust our work for it and like we like managed to um, get more like customers and merchants than we originally projected because we Actually, we were very motivated with every new customer immersion that we got. So yeah, it became even better than we expected. Right now, I'm interested. How do you all ensure like, the customers actually remain satisfied? Mm, so for us, we actually regularly do like customer and merchant like feedback um surveys, and we also like do check-in calls with them just to see how are they finding our platform, how we can improve. So even for a lot of the new initiatives that we launched, we only decided to launch it after like speaking with customers and merchants and seeing like whether they have a need for it. Ah, okay, okay, I understand now. Yeah, uh, personally making the decision to become an entrepreneur is indeed a risky move. Uh, and I'm sure that this is not something for the faint-hearted. Of course, the rewards are there to attain, but there should not be all that one that considers so, in your opinion, what are some important skills to develop as an aspiring entrepreneur and what advices would you actually give to them? Um, yeah, so for aspiring entrepreneurs out there, so I would actually advise you to be open-minded and really be thick-skinned in a sense. So, sometimes like you might have like an idea which you believe like will change the world. And don't like let like um any doubts and all like stop you from actually pursuing it. So even if you don't have everything like put together, you might not have the money, you might not have like the right team, but you should like still go ahead to like um start pursuing the idea in any way that you can. And along the way, like opportunities will come your way. And even like your idea might just like pivot and iterate along the way to something like much better. So I will say that it's really just um being open to feedback, open to trying new things and really 
um, open to even like say criticism given by like your potential customers. So for me, definitely, I had a lot of like doubts and critics like um, at the start. But I usually like um, view it like quite openly. So if they feel like there's a crack in my idea, I'll see how I can like um, plug in that crack and like not make it like very glaring or like address it. Because sometimes your greatest critics can also be your greatest supporters because they actually put in the time and effort to see like how your business can be improved. Right, to add on to that, also sharing with us what type of resources that you actually use to actually keep saver on top of the game in the industry? Yeah, so I will say that our greatest resources is always like people. Like people is actually what makes an idea like successful because you can have a great idea but if you don't have a great team to execute it then it won't work out. So even if you don't have a as we have an idea but you have a great team that's always like open always willing to commit and always like um passionate about like what they are doing can really achieve like great things together all right thanks for the well thought out response Katrina. i hope everyone had managed to take down the available resources one can actually utilize in their startup journey yeah so besides this i would also like to ask how do you manage to maintain your passion and motivation over the long run even as you face adversaries in your startup journey. Yeah, so definitely, right, as an entrepreneur, I think, like, you never stop facing challenges. In fact, like, you only face bigger challenges the more you grow. But I think it helps to actually, like, look at the big picture. So even if you face, like, a challenge that seems like um, it affects your startup really, like, badly, um, it always helps to like put it into perspective and see how you can go about like resolving it rather than like just um like stress and like worry and like not do anything about it. So I think definitely along the way like um seek support. So even if you're not sure how to address like a problem sometimes like consult your mentors, consult um your partners, your customers on how to best like go about it. So I think for um Saver itself, like a lot of the decisions we actually like share with our mentors and see like what's the best like decision to make before we go ahead to make it. So I think that helps to like um guide our decision making along the way. Okay. Any worthy mindsets or motivations that you would like to share that can potentially actually influence someone's career? Yeah, so I will say that like um, whether you are interested to like um, build a startup or even like just to pursue a corporate career, it always helps to be like um, open to like talking to new people and how you can do so is by um, attending like networking events or like, just meeting people like for a coffee chat because even for um, even for me when I joined a lot of mentorship programs, I go in with a very open mind. Like sure, I want to get advice about like my startup, but I'm also here to see how I can also value add to my mentors. And sometimes like my mentors share with me things that I previously didn't really want to approach them to get mentorship advice for, but it's still like really good to know. So yeah, because like as a student entrepreneur, you are usually like pitching to customers who have like years of industry experience. So it helps to actually like um, speak to mentors who have these years of industry experience so that you go in actually knowing more about the industry even though you might not necessarily have worked in the industry for many years. 
Right. Okay, thanks Katrina for the response. Yeah, uh, so we actually have one question in the Q&A section. So, let me show it. So, it's a question posed by Zoe. So, the question is relating to one of the challenges that I believe that all startup founders might face at some point in their journey. So, how do you manage to convince your parents to actually let you start your like this daring idea? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it helps that like I'm currently like still studying in university, so I didn't really have to um, sacrifice too much in terms of like um, say potential career opportunities and like so on. But yeah, at the start, I didn't really like tell my parents that I was like working on this startup idea. It was actually more of like my parents started like seeing me on the newspaper. Then they were like, oh wait, you're working on this startup. Then I was like, yeah, I'm working on like this startup idea. Which, yeah, is like featured by the media and all. So at first, like, they were also like quite doubtful for sure whether like this startup will work out. But I think along the way, they have gotten more supportive of it. And yeah, they are pr- quite proud to see like how far I've like come in terms of building the startup. Because I think at the start, they thought it was a... Uh, like more of like a school project but now it has grown to like a full-time company so yeah like a lot of things that you don't expect at the start but you just sort of get there along the way right uh, thank you Prima. so there's another question in the Q&A section before we go on so, it's by Tan Ming. so any tips on building a community and talking to your users like how to get them excited yeah, so um, when Saber first started out, we wanted to actually build a community that not only just like views and likes our posts, but actually have conversations within like Saber's like channels. So one of the things that we started last year was a Saber community telegram group where we actually have users to like share about like their um, expiring blemish and surplus food or just like talk about like topics relating to like food waste, sustainability and like so on. And we also like um, regularly organize like um, webinars and also like um, live sessions like say on Instagram live where like our users can talk to us and also like engage with us in like many different fun activities. So yeah, I think like um, when you follow Saver, there's always like something new to like look forward to. So for us, we don't really believe in putting out like really standard like posts, but we're always launching new initiatives and campaigns to keep like our users constantly excited and talking about like what we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even for me, I recently actually attended the live Q and section for Saver, and I will say that it's actually uh insightful session for me. And yeah, so thanks for sharing your personal insights with the audience. So with regards to the founding team, how do you actually how do you all actually resolve any conflicts within the team and with those external organizations? Yeah, so I think definitely it's part and parcel that like along the way you might not like agree on certain things like with your founding team members, but what we always do is like we'll talk it out and we will like hear each other like um from each other's perspectives and then from there we'll see like, how we can like best go about doing it. And for us, like, um, we'll never, like, let the, like, let the disagreements or, like, arguments, like, sit for too long. We we'll always try to resolve it um, within the same day itself. And, yeah, it's really, like, um, being empathetic and listening to each other to resolve, like, issues. And definitely along the way, we also have, like, um, 
problems that's raised up by our customers and merchants. So I think what really helps is actually like providing a listening ear and seeing like what is the solution that will make the customer or merchant happy again. So sometimes it's a give and take kind of thing. Not all the time you like really um, win, like the win the fight, but it's more about winning the battle. So yeah, pick your fights in a sense. Like even if like you do have to like maybe refund a customer for like a purchase, but if this customer gets a very good experience and comes back to buy again and shares like about her positive experience with more customers, then that's like even better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear that Saber actually has a proper conflict management system, and I concur that conflicts should be handled appropriately. Else, relationships can turn sour and can affect teamwork and external partnerships. Ah, so this will eventually it may even corrode the business operations. So to end off, Katrina, would you mind sharing about any sacrifices that you have made throughout the entire entrepreneurship journey, and whether are there any regrets that you have? Um, in terms of sacrifices, so there's definitely quite a few. So I think when you like start out as an entrepreneur, you definitely have to give up like a bit more like time, in terms of like other commitments such as like studies, um, family, friends, um, CCA, and so on. So um, at the start, like I can be um working like seven days a week. I don't count my work hours, but I think it's more than the standard nine to five like kind of work hours. So I think like when you are um working in a startup, you have to expect to put in the um hours to be able to achieve like the kind of goals that you set for yourself. Um, regrets. Um, I would say that no regrets. Like um pursuing like silver. Yeah, I think sometimes like you regret more not trying than regretting like having tried something. So even if you do like. Um, even if your startup endeavors does not work out, even like something you thought you wanted to pursue did not work out the way it is, I think it's always good to treat it as like a learning experience because like um further down the road maybe you might chance upon another startup idea or you might find another like um career opportunity that you never discovered before. So for me, like I previously um ran like another startup before, like Sable. So I decided to like close that after two years because it wasn't achieving the growth I wanted anymore. And I really just treat that as a learning experience because sometimes you don't really get the right startup idea at the start. You might fail a few times before you land on like a winning idea. But what matters more is that you don't like stop trying. Rather, you keep like. Um, being open to like finding new opportunities to like explore. Very insightful advice. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Uh, let me see whether the Q and A has any more questions. Okay, I think the Q and A sections have all been answered. Yeah. So, I think that's it for today. Thanks, Katrina. So the CEO team is actually very honored to have you on board today as a guest speaker, and I'm sure the audience has also benefited from today's webinar session. This webinar will be recorded too, and will be made available as a podcast on Spotify. So if any of you are interested to listen to this inspiring webinar again, feel free to hop on to Spotify. So Katrina, do you have any last words that you want to say? Yep. So thanks so much, like, for having me, like, for this um webinar today. 
So like to um, everyone who attended, really appreciate you taking the time out to attend. And to those who will be listening to the podcast, I hope that you find like this sharing to be really insightful and relevant. And definitely you might have like questions like after this webinar. So you can always like feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or like just um, check out Saver like at our website and social media pages. Feel free to like reach out to us and we are happy to like answer your questions. And yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to like share um, Saver and like my startup journey with all of you. Alright, and with that, I hope that everyone is feeling inspired to make better use of our time and be productive. So thank you all once again for attendance and I hope to see you all in our next session. Have a good night ahead and rest well. Thank you everyone. Thank you.